Welcome to The Grow Show with me as your host, Joe Camerato. I am an entrepreneur who created my company, National Business Capital, from literally $0 out of my spare bedroom to over $2 billion in business loans secured for entrepreneurs nationwide. Since 2007, I have seen just about every type of business. I provide money and help entrepreneurs access capital to scale fast, but I also know that it's possible for you, as you scale, to replace yourself to build systems, processes, and great teams of people that can live on without you so you can actually enjoy your life and your company can still grow. I will not only tell you the peaks and valleys of my story, but I will also bring on world-class entrepreneurs to tell their stories and share their lessons on their growth journeys. Welcome to The Grow Show. All right, all right. Welcome to The Grow Show, where it's all about featuring awesome rock star entrepreneurs that are growing, making it happen in whatever it is that they're doing. Uh, today, I've got a great entrepreneur and fellow Platt. Uh, if you know what that is, you'll know what I mean. Um, uh, Nikki Sharp, and a pleasure to have you on today. Thanks for being on the show, Nikki. Thank you, Joe. Thrilled to be here and always excited to talk about entrepreneurship and all of the things that go with it. Yeah, good stuff. And if you don't know Nikki, you should. Uh, she's a former international model turned health advocate uh, and entrepreneur, two-time best-selling author and current transformational coach. Uh, really cool stuff. She's traveled around the world um, and had some traumatic yet amazing experiences. And she's overcome a number of different hurdles. As you know, it is not easy uh, being an entrepreneur. And that's what we like to talk about on the show is like, hey, what are the things that, you know, you had to make happen to, uh, you know, become a, a leader in, in what you're doing. So, again, thanks for being on. And, uh, you know, your, your story is amazing, Nikki. I mean, you went from, you know, international model, which I'm sure wasn't easy in itself. That just sounds so cool to, uh, you know, to entrepreneur. Like, how did that, you know, talk about how did that happened? Absolutely. I mean, I think it's important to say, first off, I never meant to become an entrepreneur. And and really, I guess where I'm at is a solopreneur. I still run my business by myself. And I used to get so triggered by that too, where people would be like, well, you're, you're not actually an entrepreneur. And, and I'm like, but wait, but I am, I'm doing all these things. So regardless, solopreneur, entrepreneur, I've set out to do things in the name of things that I learn, I then create and share and help other people. And so I've never had, funny enough, I've never had a business plan, even still to this day, I don't have one. I don't necessarily recommend doing that, obviously, if you're trying to grow, but it's <laughs> it's been my life path and journey where I share whatever it is that I'm in and going through and growing through. And so the very long short of how this all came to be was I always wanted to be a model. I just looked up to the women in the 90s, the supermodels. I plastered them all over my bedroom wall. And for you know multiple reasons, they were beautiful, but I liked the magazines. It just seemed like an interesting career. Now, I knew nothing about it until I got into it and learning it's not nearly as easy as you think because you have no control over your destiny in that. Either you're wrong hair color, not the right size, not tall enough. Like the amount of things that I was told of runway model, I'm not tall enough, but then I was too skinny to be the commercial girl where you make all the money. So it was a very challenging few years of my life, but I, I really kind of took hold of, of my life at that time and decided 
this is the one and only time that I can travel the world somewhat for free, meaning like I'm not paying to go to places. So I might not leave having made money, but I wanted to just experience the world and life. And I did that starting from 17, moving to LA for an exchange program. And so cut to many, many years later, I'm going through all of these health challenges, which I had been through in my whole life. And from there, I just, I realized no doctors were there to heal me. You know, they, they tried to put me on antidepressant medication. I'm like, I'm not depressed. I need help. Like I, I had two eating disorders. And so the entrepreneurship started because in 2013, I wrote a detox program literally for myself because there was nothing on the market. And it was five days long because as I was thinking about, you know, how long can I do a detox for? I didn't want to do a diet. I didn't want to be on a restrict. I'd already been so restrictive in my life. So I was like, well, five days, Monday to Friday, I can do that. So I wrote this program, <laughs> sold it as an, uh, not even an ebook, honestly. It was a PDF that I put some photos with, took some photos of the meals and it sold like wildfire. And this was before, you know, you could just like go click and, and download it. Like it was a lot of work to figure out how to build the website, get it to download. So I did that oh, in yeah. a few, yeah. yeah, I mean, incredible on that. Like I've everything I, where I am today, it's, of course, there's been people along the way to help me, but I've really learned, like I've learned website design. I've learned, I taught myself Photoshop, photography. And so from there with this ebook, I started writing more, making like $50,000 a month while I'm 27. And it's like, wow, oh my, holy yeah, Jesus. holy, holy moly. <laughs> And so the ego, my ego mind kicked in and was like, wow, you're fabulous. You're amazing. You're doing, and I think maybe I was 26. The ego naturally is like, oh my God, you're so cool. I hadn't yet, like I understood within the modeling world, the downfall where you might have a great job and then it come down. I didn't yet know that in entrepreneurship and, <laughs> and, and how intense the downfall is. And so when that money stopped coming in, it was like, Oh my God, what do I do now? So constantly learning to evolve and grow and pivot, took that, turned it into a detail. I mean, into an app, a mobile app. The app went number one in six countries in 24 hours with no paid marketing, which was just incredible. Oh and really God. it showed the power of community and having a product that people want. I had a two book deal with Random House for half a million dollars. So through all of these things, it's not like they were one after another, after another, like there was a few years in between each one. And in the down moments between I'd hit that high, it was like, what the F am I doing? I have no idea what, like, what am I, I should go get a nine to five job. And there was something inside of me that always knew I would and wanted to do something in the health industry. I didn't know what it was. I did not think the detox was going to be the thing to, you know, set my name off there. And long, long of that. I then got to a point where I started as I healed in my own life and my journey, I started teaching more of what I was learning. And that was more of the mindset and understanding every choice we make, whether you're trying to be a salesperson and make money there, or you're looking for a new job or you can't get in a relationship with, and like, you know, you're like, where's my Mr. or Mrs. Right? All of it starts in the mind. Every single thing we do is, is it's in that 95% subconscious mind. So I became passionate. I'm, I've always been passionate about learning, but I became really passionate about the mind and neuroscience and feedback. And 
so from there, that's where I'm at now. I can, I still work with people on health and wellness. I'm still an advocate. I still love what I do in that sense, but I have much better results now because of going to the mind. And I also say I teach what I do because I've had so many downfalls in my life. I've had so many failures, quote unquote failures. I've had so many people tell me no. I mean, I almost got dropped by my publisher for my second book. So, you know, you're riding high and then no, I, during, you know, while I'm making 50 K a month on these eBooks, I ended up firing all of these people that my ego thought I needed, right? I needed the manager. I needed the agent. I needed the lawyers, the da, da, da. And as I let people go because they weren't bringing any addition to my life, to my business, I got sued. So I've been sued multiple times in my life on top of that. So at, at 35 now, I have I have experienced, I think, far more in business and learned about business than if I had gone to business school and created a business plan. And maybe I wouldn't have had all of these quote unquote failures, but I also, I look at them and I'm grateful because man, do the failures teach you and help you grow. So that's where I'm at right now today. That's good stuff. That's awesome. Well, we have a lot in common because in the 90s, I had probably the same pictures on my wall of the girls that you were hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. But I, listen, I don't think any, you know, I think some of the most successful entrepreneurs, um, business owners, whatever you want to call it, I think some of the best ones don't have a business plan. I didn't have a business plan going into building my business. And, you know, I've got 100 employees now and we're a leader in, in business lending. But I had a vision of like what I wanted to go do and deliver and, and just kept going after that vision. Um, but then obviously as you grow and stuff, you know, you, you have you got to set goals and and and, <laughs> and make it clear yeah. to your team because it's not yeah. all about me and what's in my head anymore. So I, I think that changes. But I think, uh, you know, and then I think going to business school or not, I, I don't there's, you know, if you went to a great business school, I think that's awesome. But regardless whether you go to school or not, there, there's there's no learning like learning from trial and error. And 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 honestly, those failures um, are, I think, where some of the best learning comes from. And I think probably what holds people back is that they don't want to take that leap because they're so scared to fail. But the failure is such a good thing because that means you're taking risk. It means you're trying. And obviously, you know, your wins need to outrank the failures. But if you don't try, you don't take risks, you know, um, you know, if you don't have failures, then it just, it just means that you're not getting yourself out of your comfort zone. And how do you really grow? Like, like all, yeah, all growth 100%. comes from, <laughs> from trying, failing, readjusting, pivoting, uh, making 50 grand a month. You are like, I'm like a genius, right? <laughs> yeah, on top and of the it, world. <laughs> and then it's like changes. And either in that moment, let's talk about that moment. Cause you could have just like died right then and there in business. Right. Like, oh my God, this is it, you know, and, and walked away and like you said, maybe go get a nine to five, but like, what did you do to pivot and, and did something click? Like what, what happened in that moment? Take us back to that. Yeah. It's, I mean, an interesting question because I think that one specifically was maybe less of the pivot because at the same time of that, as my business was then going down, making less money, I knew I needed to do something, but that's when I was also going through speaking with 
an agent on, you know, possibly doing the book. So there was still light at the end of the tunnel for it, but not a lot of income. So I had a lot of income built up, but then it was, you know, dwindling, draining. And then at that same time is when I was getting sued, trying to move countries. So it was, it was a lot all in once, but I'll give you actually a different example recently, about a year ago, I, I went on this retreat, this meditation retreat, and had all of these incredible ideas, as I think all of us do as human beings, where you're just like, oh my God, that is amazing. Absolutely going to do it. So I built out this whole two-day online event, and I was so passionate about it. And I'm like, it has to be the right thing. I got it downloaded during this meditation retreat, and like, you know, you're fully open. <laughs> and I knew it was something that would bring so much value to my community, to the audience. And I was partnering with someone else. So I went and I, I created the whole thing. It, like couldn't be more excited for it, marketed it. And I, I thought like 300 people were going to sign up. I kid you not 11 people signed up and I'm like, <laughs> okay, there's an ego smackdown right there. And this is a year ago. So of course, in that moment, I feel like a failure and I feel like, you know, everything I've built, I'm a fraud now. And I think any entrepreneur and honestly, any individual listening to this podcast, we all have moments where we question ourselves: and am I a failure? Am I a fraud? Am I actually living up to quote unquote, everyone else's expectations, which are really your own expectations of yourself. And what I learned in that moment was sure. I can like be down and frustrated, but the quicker that I can get out of it and just pivot, the better it is for my own sanity. And also what I took away from it and why I wanted to give this example was I looked at this workshop and I said, okay, here we go, Nikki. Let, let's just break it down. Either it wasn't the right product for your audience. Okay. That could have been it. Maybe it was the right product, but the wrong time. Huh, interesting. Or maybe it was all it was the right product, right time, but wrong price point. Or maybe it was just the marketing wasn't correct. So when yeah. I did that and I took a step back of like, okay, you you are a failure, Nikki, I was able to check in and just be like, actually, it maybe wasn't me at all. It honestly could have been one of these four things. And now I get just to pivot and say, and so what I did was I, I, I was launching a, a different program as well at the same time. And I just said, Hey, you've already signed up for this. I'll give you 50% off this other program. If you want to join, otherwise I'll refund your money. And I think 10 out of the 11 people said, and, and maybe there were a few more than 11 that signed up, but the majority of them said, yeah, actually I'd love to go into this other program. And so now all of a sudden I have guaranteed money for this other program I'm launching, which I, I've done a few times. I know will do well. And that already gives me that ego confidence boost that I need to go out and market that program after this quote unquote failure. So that was such a poignant moment for me to really check in and ask myself, like, was it me? Am I the failure? And the answer is no. It, I tried. Yeah. I took a leap. I thought it was the right idea. And who knows, maybe in a year's time, it, it will be something else. But I, I really think that was like, that's a key thing I've learned over and over again is instead of just the immediate negative cycle in the mind is just to check in and, and ask yourself these questions to then get more clarity around the business. 
No, good stuff. And, and, you know, we do this with my team, like an after action report. You know, sometimes we do things that didn't work or worked well, doing like an after action report and just seeing like, what, what do we do? What didn't we do? What could have we done better? Just kind of like we did. Because immediately when you actually said that, I was like, oh, I wonder, was it marketed the right way? Or, or maybe it was bad timing, maybe wrong time of year. You know, who knows? There's, there's a really cool entrepreneur um, it's kind of like the originator in um, starting up incubators, uh, Bill Gross uh, from Idealab. And he invested in a, a ton of different companies, has brought, brought multiple companies public, multiple exits, and there, but a lot of failures, right? And, and a lot of companies that didn't work out. And when they actually went back through um, them and, and they like looked through all the reasons for the failed companies, because you, know, you automatically think, well, maybe they didn't raise enough capital or have the right people and team. Right. Um, maybe the product wasn't right. Um, but actually, like the common denominator um, for the failures um, was timing, like, you know, right idea, right product, right team, right amount of capital. Timing actually was like the biggest reason and, and biggest reason why most things don't work and uh, why uh, most businesses I mean, don't work. A hundred percent. And actually, I'd, I'd like to give a quick example on that where back when in 2013, when Instagram, I thought I was late to the game in 2013 on Instagram. I was like, everyone's already there. They're all doing it. I was not. I was actually one of the early adopters. But at the same time, there was another company called Mobley. And Mobley had everything that Instagram sort of has now. They, I don't know if they had the direct messaging, maybe, but they had video. They had, you know, the, the feature page. It, it was Instagram still had the, the God awful filters that we used back when it first came out and, and you couldn't message people. There was no link in bio, things like that. And so Mobley had the backing of um, Israeli tech, uh, Israeli tech company. That's where it was built. They had um, not Leo DiCaprio, but Oh God, what was Spider-Man? His name, the, the actor of Spider-Man. Oh, uh, Toby Maguire. Toby Maguire. Yeah, yeah. Yes, they yes, they yes. had Toby Maguire's backing, both his face, his presence, and um, his capital. They had a bunch of celebrities that were there, so they had they had everything needed. Now, if I ask you, do you know about Mobley? The answer is probably no. right. It's no, <laughs> even though they had everything that Instagram had and then some. And so I look at that of although they had all the right things. It might've just been the wrong timing for them. Meaning maybe people were not yet ready for the video feature on a platform like that. Maybe they weren't ready. Like Instagram was just taking, you know, everything by waves. And so that's another great example of, man, do you have everything for a success? And then it ends up not being. So I, I think it's, it, that's such a poignant piece to talk about that you are not a failure. It could honestly just be the wrong time, the right time, the this, whatever, instead of getting into the mind and, and as we all do, I'm sure. 100%. And I think that's, you know, you also have to realize and understand and be okay with pivoting, right? Like if you don't, you know, if, if you're doing something, you know, just like you did, it didn't work out, but you pivoted, you said, hey, let me see if I can roll these people into something else, keep it moving. You know, otherwise you just can get stuck, you know, in, in, in business. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, I think, you know, sometimes too, especially in today's world, I mean, I think things are starting to change now in, in, in where, 
in, in the last, you know, these last 10 years that we've lived through just with private equity and people raising money and thinking like, oh, I've raised the money. I've got it all figured out. Now you see a lot of companies that are having big challenges that have raised big money. And I think, you know, so I, I think it's important too. it can work against you where you think, hey, I've raised X amount of money. I've got this. I've got that to think like, oh, I like I nailed it. Like, you know, I did all the work's done. And it's like you raise money like the work's about to really begin. And I think that's where a lot of these tech companies have had issues because um, it was easy to raise money and to continue to raise it to not like focus on some of the core business fundamentals. So, you know, at 100%. the same time, I think you don't want to get too overly confident because you think you have it all figured out because that's usually when you get a. Uh, the nice punch in the face. <laughs> yeah. And, and actually what I'll add to that really quickly is when things are tight, when we have to make them lean in our business, that's when you become creative. And that's actually where some of the best ideas come from. At least I've experienced that in my life and my business where when I'm like, oh my God, what's my next paycheck going to be? Or where, when's it coming? That's when I come up with a new program that I'm being of service to someone. I'm teaching about social media. I think about the skills that I have. And so although that might not necessarily be my entire passion in that moment, I've helped, so, and especially in the plat world, like I've helped so many people in our mutual community grow their business, grow their brand, just based on what I've done with mine. And so I honestly believe that and this took a lot of years for me to get to this mindset, but I honestly believe when things are challenging, when they're lean, when you have to make cuts, that is when you get creative and some of your best ideas will come if you're willing to allow that mindset. Yeah, good stuff. That's, that's the truth. And uh, it's funny. I think I probably work best when my back's up against the wall. It's when I go into full overdrive mode and have endless energy, it seems like. Right. <laughs> So was there a moment, you know, because, you know, when you were this, uh, you know, international model, um, which must have been just a fun experience in itself, um, but super competitive and not easy, right? Um, what was that moment where you're like, man, I, I need to really start focusing? Like, because I think when you're in that, you're like, oh, I'm going to be, you know, you know, maybe famous, you know, the rest of my life or model the rest of my life or whatever, like was there a moment you were like, I, I need to make a move here and start, you know, hustling and doing something else to, you know, plan for my future? I mean, <laughs> I would say there were many moments that slapped me upside the head. Like, I, <laughs> because in, in the modeling world, you start young, which is also, I just don't think it's good, but it is what it is. Um, at 16, that's when a lot of girls are starting. I was 22 when I was doing the full international circuit and I was considered old. I was the older model in the house. I think wow, in general, there, yeah, yeah, there was maybe like one other girl that was one or two years older than me. Now, the thing with this, so like one age, I was always lying about my age because the agency would say, oh yeah, she's 19. She's right. And you're like, okay. So that was a constant <laughs> thing, but just being slapped upside the head about like reality. I, I think it's like any time that you think you're going for this, well, you're going for a big job and then someone else gets it. You're like, what am I doing? I can't, I can't keep doing this. I can't. And so every time you lost out on a job that the questioning came up and anytime I would start with a different agency and not be getting the work that I 
thought I wanted, especially if my agency was saying, oh my God, all the clients, they love you. You're like, great. So why am I not getting booked here? So there was that. And then I remember like there was a time where I was at a casting and I, I've battled really bad skin my whole life. This is something from a young age, a mix of bad food, stress, and learning so much about the body. Now I, I've managed to clear it up naturally. But at 22, I leaned over to this girl. She had gorgeous, beautiful skin. We're in a casting. And I said, you know, how do you have such good skin? And she just leans over very bitchy and was like, I'm 16. Like, as if that means you have good skin. I did not have good skin <laughs> at 16. But that that was her answer. So like, once again, yeah. that's another little slap in the head to be like, oh, here you are trying to be nice and talkative and like learn something. And and it's just, I didn't always love the the community, the women that were in it, sometimes amazing people. But the the answer that really, there were two times that made me leave modeling. And the first one was I was living in New York. I was binging every day, restricting, I mean, a really, really hard cycle for anyone who's had any sort of eating challenges. I was in it times a hundred, which was really bad. I was living in a apartment with a model, another model who at the time I did not know was on drugs when I moved in. So she was on what I believe to be crack cocaine. Now I cannot confirm, but based on the behaviors makes sense and her and her boyfriend. And so she got really jealous of me, really nasty. I was teaching her boyfriend yoga one day because he was a carpenter and had a really bad back and she just lost it on me and started screaming. So I went to my bedroom and I got a knock on my door 10, 15 minutes later and all of my bathroom stuff was on the table. And she said, get the F out of my apartment. And I was like, okay then. So I booked a one-way ticket back to Colorado. After that, I went to my agency. And the reason that was one, traumatizing, but two, kind of the kick in the ass to at least leave New York was I felt very taken advantage of in New York. It was not what people dream about when you think about being a model. It was not, you know, you go on this beautiful casting and you get hired and you're on billboards. Like you're trudging through snow and ice with your 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 um, your cards and your book you have heels in your bag right outside you're like holding the wall putting your bare feet in the ground trying to hop around to put your your heels on <laughs> for the casting like not glamorous at all so what you see in the magazines is glamorous everything leading up to that not and I just felt very very taken advantage of from the jobs they were putting me on not getting paid when they said I would and so when she kicked me out I was like okay, that's it. I'm done with New York. And New York was my last ever trip that I did as a full-time model. And it's, it's the, it's a curse and a blessing in the sense that it was the, the last place and it killed my passion. It absolutely sucked me dry from any sort of interest. Wow. Now I, I had offers to go to back to China, to go to, um, South Africa, to go to Turkey. And I was like, that's it. I'm done. Nope. And so that was one, the first time where I was like, like, I am done. I moved back to London. I got a job as a, a PA for a law firm. And I, I would just do modeling jobs on the side as they, they would ask about, you know, could you do this, this? And this is when I started writing or when I wrote the, the detox ebook and I was making such good money, but I had, you know, I'd have to, it, this was before people could download it. So I'd have to send it to you and, and, it was this like six step back and forth process. 
And I told my agency I needed, you know, two days off. And they said, no, if you take two days off of this specific job, you know, you'll be fired from it and we won't put you up for another job again. And I'm like, huh, that's cool. And so I, I quit on that day. I said, fine. I quit. Wow. And, and I walked away and I never did a modeling job again after that. Wild stuff. And you know, what's interesting, what there's got to be things, you know, were there things from all, you know, from that experience, you know, in, in modeling that have helped you in entrepreneurship? Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, walking in and knowing that you probably won't get the job, it definitely, definitely helped in terms of my mindset now where I'm like, I might not get the client. And so I don't take things quite as personally. I would say too, like just learning to be a self-starter and travel the world and pick up my stuff and go to a new country, start over again. So I think it was a lot of learning to that quote unquote starting over and that it's like, I don't have a negative association with starting over. Like most people, I would say too, just like being open to new experiences and community. There were, I mean, the modeling industry itself is a pretty bad one for the model specifically. There is also a really beautiful community that comes from it. You have the makeup artist, the stylist. So when I was on set, I loved it because you see everyone doing their magic. But in terms of like the model and how you're treated, and I think it has gotten better, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of challenges. So I think that also taught me how to just be resilient. And I mean, let me put it this way. I was not as resilient and I didn't have the mindset I have now until much, much later as I did more of my own self work and, and going to Tony Robbins and, and things like that. But yeah, in retrospect, it, it was the best life school I think I could have gone to. Yeah, I definitely feel like because I mean, with with you know modeling, acting, I mean, you got to deal with like real rejection, showing up, trying, and and uh, and and obviously in business, like <laughs> everything doesn't go right. So I, I feel like that that probably was you you probably didn't realize it at the time, but that really was like a, a prep for you, right? Successful what you're doing today, hundred percent. So fast forward into today, you know, let's talk about like your, your business and, and what you do and, and how you're helping people. Sure. So as I mentioned before, everything that I do now is based on what I've personally gone through, what I've learned, and then I get to share it and help other people. And so I look at all of the challenges I've been through in life. And I actually, instead of saying, why me? I say, thank God me. Thank God that I went through this so that I can now teach someone else there's an easier path. So the coaching that I do, I do it in various ways, one-on-one coaching. I have a program for that. I have my, I mean, my top program, kind of like Tony Robbins date with destiny. So mine is called the ultimate transformation program. And in the, in that, or the one-on-one coaching, that's where someone comes in with whatever goal that you want to change something that's not working in your life, be it in business in your relationship, in yourself. you Like I have a lot of women that come in who have the quote unquote perfect life where they have the family and they got married and that white picket fence and they're desperately unhappy in their life. And so I help people to understand where that comes from, how to make changes. And everything I do is rooted in you must first understand your fears in the back of the mind or the subconscious, because the subconscious mind is 95% of our brain. 
And that controls everything that you have, that you do, that you think, that you eat, the way you behave, your subconscious mind is controlling all of that. So that's where what sets me apart from a lot of people is I'm not here to say, you know, we're going to, we're going to sit there and manifest and, you know, talk about an ohm and awe about all the things that you want. Sure. There's an aspect of spirituality. There's also an aspect of science. We talk a lot about neuroscience in, in my program, and there's a lot about psychology. And so with all three of those mixed together, I create these incredibly safe containers for women. And these are the specific programs for women. I have male one-on-one clients. And in this, it creates a a sense of being, it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to share what's going on. And I have never, I've never had a client walk away from working with me and not seeing a complete 180 in their life. And not only that, keep the changes for many years to come. And that's just because of working with, with the mind and, you know, it's all backed by science. So the going from wealth or not wealth health advocate based on my eating disorders and that whole journey and my acne and insomnia to where I am now and understanding all of that is controlled by the mind. I teach what I know, what I've learned, what I'm super passionate about. And I look at everything in my life of like, my yoga teacher training, becoming a chef, doing certifications in all sorts of different things, you know, learning Photoshop, designing websites, all of these things have actually come together. And I'm sure you, Joe, like most of us are like, well, why, you know, why did I do that one thing? Or why did I have that one job? It doesn't really make sense for what I'm doing now. And actually what I've realized is that everything I've done in my life has come together in this beautiful like puzzle piece and it all comes together in some weird way it's amazing it does and and i'm like oh my god of course i did the yoga teacher training of course i did the chef training of course i went through the eating disorders because now i know how to actually heal the body through food and what the mind does and the emotions so that's that's where i'm at now that's what i'm teaching and i'm i mean incredibly passionate about what i do just because i know one the challenges and the suffering that people are going through, especially after the pandemic. And two, there is an answer. There's a way to heal yourself, to get the changes you want in life. That's awesome. You know, as you continue to grow, you're helping others grow. And, uh, and that's really great stuff. And I, I definitely think it's important, you know, if you're watching, you know, it's been important to me to have um, different coaches, advisors, and just, you know, all different types of people you know, throughout my journey in life and in business. Um, and it's really, it's really helped me. And, you know, I think a lot of times people don't, you know, I, I think too, like, you know, Michael Jordan was the greatest basketball player and he had a coach and his coach couldn't play basketball as good as him. Right. But, you know, it, it's, it's, um, I, I think sometimes people get wrapped up too in, uh, in that with coaches and why do I need one or like, you know, you couldn't it, agree it, it more. Just, it's like just keeping you on, on track, pointing out things that you're not seeing. And um, it, it's super helpful. Um, that's great. It's really cool that, you know, how you, you, you started and, and, and how you've kind of continued that and, and really moved from, you know, something that could have wound up just becoming a dead end and, and you kind of really not utilizing that to, to power into something else. So yeah, so thank you. And, you. And what, what I would add on that, you're so spot on about coaches. And this is why I love what I do. It's what I call the spiritual mirror. Essentially, 
I'm, I get to hold up a mirror to people to help you see what you don't see or what you don't want to see. Because I think that's a very big difference, <laughs> right? Of like Michael Jordan, I'm sure his coach told him things that he did not want to hear. I'm sure there was some ego wrapped around that. And at the end of the day, it becomes a really, really beautiful journey. If you're willing to have someone else teach you about those things, like what better way, especially like podcasts, these are free, right? These are free for people to listen to, to change their life, to get information. We are sitting there coaching, helping. And then like, I get this so much like, oh, I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do with, with my life for X, Y, Z. And it's like, there are so many resources out there. And part of, I think what at least a coach or a therapist or a mentor can help with is one, it gives you more accountability than just going, you know, listening to a podcast, but two, like I'm known as a tough coach. I'm known to someone actually in my coaching program, we were having a call wrote in the comments saying the hot seat coaching that I do during the calls with Nikki is like foam rolling. It, it hurts so good. I, yeah, yeah. I don't like it, but I, I know that nice I need it. <laughs> right. I, and she said, I, I don't like it, but I know that I need it. It's and great. that's, that's what I really love is the people that work with me are there wanting to become better versions, just like Michael Jordan. How do you become like Tom Brady? How do you become the best? Well, you don't do it by yourself. Like poignant, like you do not do it by yourself. You need someone to help you get out of your own head. Good stuff. Well, I usually end with, Hey, what's some growth advice that you'd give to others. But I, I think that's it. And get out of your own head and don't be afraid to ask. Um, and you know, in the world that we live in today, there's so much access to resources, to people, there's free information out there, there's paid information. Um, but you know, back in the day when I was young growing up, you know, I mean, it was, wasn't really easy to, to know of where to go. And, and, and it's so much easier today. You can make the excuses, um, or you can take the leap, um, have some failures, push, try, and, uh, but also pull in the right people. And, you know, if you seek, you'll definitely find, you know, today. Um, 100%. and speaking of finding, you know, uh, good people, how could people find, uh, you Nikki? Everywhere online, Nikki Sharp, it's N-I-K-K-I-S-H-A-R-P, Instagram, my website. And I always just encourage, you know, if you enjoyed this episode or resonated with anything that I said, give me a follow or just a shout. Hey, I love connecting with people. And I found so many beautiful parts of my community where they message me from other podcasts. And, and I just, I think it's such a, a wonderful way to connect. So yeah, Nikki Sharp, basically everywhere. <laughs> Good stuff. And I, I love, uh, I love your name, Nikki Sharp. Uh, great name. And, uh, and Nikki also has a podcast called the Sharper Life. Is that correct? Yes, that is, that great. is correct. And talk about all things to make your, your life better, improving it and no topic is off limits. And yeah, it's a, a fun little passion project on the side. Good stuff. We'll make sure to check that out. Uh, check out Nikki, get connected, um, doing a lot of really great stuff. You're off to great things. And I appreciate the time and you being on the show. Keep doing what you're doing and keep growing. Thank you, Joe.